Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. I, come, I grew up in the Methodist Church. I did a huge backslide and uh, came back to God when I was 20 years old, and I still love hymns. I just, there's something about those hymns that really get to me. How are you, church? You're all quiet. Why is that? Just early morning or just... Ralph, you got your daughter back. <laughs> if you're on social media, you've got to go and watch Ros Goulet's uh, post of Ralph. It's the prodigal with it running out with his apron welcoming his daughter back. Very beautiful. Well, I love your church. I love all you onliners. And look what I've got for you onliners. I'm showing you the shoes that I've been wearing to church for the last three months. Okay, so if you're out there, tell us what you're wearing today. All right. Um, John Wolfe, is that you behind the mask? I've got a gift for you. I've got a gift for you because you made it. John Wolfe had pneumonia. We nearly lost him during COVID and then he got COVID. But he made it, and I was so impressed because he came to, he was the first person at church. He came two weeks ago to the 8 a.m. None of us was here, none of us were here, but I just thought, what a beautiful, I don't know, what a great man of faith to come that early, a week early, and to survive. The Lord's not finished. He's still got um, work for you to do, obviously. So thank you for being resilient and coming through that season. And that's just a gift for you, John. Gee, you've lost a lot of weight too. You need to eat a few pies too. All right. In 1985, Simon Yates and his climbing partner, Joe Simpson, which is the guy holding the rope on his own in the picture, reached the top of a 21,000 peak in Peru. When disaster struck, Simpson fell, broke his leg. So Yates tied a rope around him and Simpson... Yates tied a rope around him and Simpson and tried to lower his friend to safety in blizzard conditions, but accidentally lowered him over an ice cliff. So Simpson was hanging in midair and Yates was faced with a huge decision to hold on or to let go, choose life or death for his friend. Finally, he could hang on no longer and he knew if he didn't cut the rope, they both would die. So he made his choice. He cut the rope. He says this, there was nothing I could do. It went on for an hour and a half. I was literally going down the mountain in little jerky stages on the snow. I remembered I had a penknife, so I made the decision pretty quickly. Yates went back to base camp thinking his partner was dead. Miraculously, though, Simpson survived and crawled his way back to base camp. It's a great book if you want to read, if you like that kind of thing. Like Yates, sometimes we have to make a choice and cut the rope or we will die spiritually and emotionally. However, on the the end of our rope is not Joe Simpson. It is past hurt. Today, as part of our series, Having a Faith That Works When Life Doesn't, our topic is this, a faith that doesn't hold on to hurt. You can turn to the person next to you and say, you really need to hear this. (laughs) Uh, So we live on a planet, don't we, church, where everything is broken by sin. In case you haven't noticed, we are sinners. We are imperfect and we all get hurt 
And let me tell you this great bit of news. You're not going to get hurt a little. You are going to get hurt a lot. (laughs) Man of faith right there. The question isn't, will I get hurt? The question is, what will I do with that hurt? Will I hold on to it in my heart? Will I let it fester? Will I let it drag me down the mountain in little jerky stages? Or will I learn the wisdom and the skill of letting go of the hurt? Our culture is filled with anger, slander, division, bias, arguing. It seems like the worst we've ever seen it, but it's not. Human beings have always been like that. Martin Luther has coined the the phrase, human's natural curve is inward to ourselves and our own purposes. In the book of Romans, Paul does a description of the first century. And this is what he says in Romans 3. There is no one who does good, not even one. Their throats are open graves. Paul doesn't hold back. Their tongues practice deceit. The poison of vipers in their lips, on their lips. Ruin and misery mark their ways. Sounds like a great Christmas lunch. Does it sound familiar? The first century is very similar to the 21st century. There's a lot in common. Paul is speaking to the Roman culture. But we've been speaking from James. And interestingly, James talks to the Christians who are scattered throughout the Roman Empire. And he's about to challenge them. He's saying, you are living in that culture, but I want you to have a different culture, a different mindset. You're from a different kingdom. Don't let that culture poison and impact you. This is what he said. It says in James 3, with our mouth, we bless the Lord and Father, and with it, we curse people made in God's image. From the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. These things should not be Macquarie. A spring does not pour out fresh water and bitter water. Note those two words, fresh and bitter, from the same source, does it? You'd get a surprise if you went down to Redhead and part of it was salt water and then you walked along and it was fresh water. You'd think, what is going on? This is a contradiction. And that is what James is saying to the Christians. He's saying, don't let it be that you come to church and you're singing Amazing Grace, but then you get out of church and you curse our politicians or you curse your neighbour or you curse your family or that people disagree with. He's saying, if you do that, that's a contradiction and you haven't got one source. You've got two sources because bitterness and cursing does not come from the source of Christ. Bitterness comes from the source of pain and hurt. So often in my life, you know, this isn't a preaching to you. This is to me also wanting my life to come from the source of Christ and not having two things happening in my world, blessing, which is from Christ, and cursing, which is from pain. We know from experience that it's not easy to forgive. And I want to ask two questions today of you. Why should I never hold on to hurt? And in a minute, we're going to look at the reasons why we shouldn't hold on to hurt because I want to motivate you this morning to let go of hurt because hurt has a price tag. And the second question is, how do, how do I let go of that hurt? 
Six reasons why you need to let go of hurt. Let it go. Let it go. I can't hold on anymore. Yeah, I know, I know. If only I could sing. Um, but I'm going to go through quick. All right, the first one is any time you or I harbour hurt, we walk out from the will of God. Why? Because bitterness is a sin. It is not the will of God for my life and for your life. You know, when a baby's born, God doesn't say the will of this child is that they will be bitter and angry and resentful. When I'm bitter, I'm choosing to disobey God. I'm choosing to forfeit his blessing. I'm choosing to not be used by God. Now, let me say this. It's okay to have an angry reaction. That's completely normal. You know, a few weeks ago, Mark and I were at a surf club and a desex, a non, no, a, a non-desex, is that right? Anyway, had, had the balls on. Um, <laughs> off the leash, American Staffy attacked our dog. He went for her throat. Mark picked up that dog by the back legs and threw it. That dog kept coming for my, our dog's throat and I just shoved my arm right into the middle of that dog's jaws because I thought to myself, I cannot bear to see this dog rip my dog apart. Then I kicked the dog and I swore the dog. Mark is yelling, who owns this dog? Um, I was really glad that none of you were there at that moment and that we didn't have our pastor t-shirts on. And the owners came, they put the harness on the dog, mumbling something about, oh, it got out of its harness, and uh, took the dog away, Mark took Scout away, and the Holy Spirit said to me, give the lady a hug. So with my bleeding arm, I went and gave her a hug. The other guy walked away swearing at us. But it would be abnormal for me not to get angry. I don't know whether I should have sworn um, I haven't asked the Holy Spirit that yet, but it would be normal, it would be s- silly of me and non-human for me to say, it's the Lord's will, take my dog, take my dog. It's normal to get angry. It's when we hold on to anger and hurt others. The Bible says this, be angry, but sin not. The sin not is when we hurt someone else with our anger. James 1 says this, if you are angry... You cannot do any of the good things that God wants done. How, for, and the, another version says this, for human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Will holding on to anger change the world? It's a good question. Second, if I hold on to resentment, I block my joy. Joy stops flowing the moment we choose to hold on to resentment or hold something against someone. Joy comes from Christ. Christ is the source of joy. So when we change sources, we lose joy. We can be as happy, you can be as happy as you choose to be, just as you can be as close to Christ as you choose to be. Every moment of resentment, is a moment of unhappiness. You try to have resentment and have joy at the same time. Job 21 says this, one man dies in his full figure. I pray that often for me. I say, God, I want to die in full vigour, completely secure and prosperous. And another man dies in bitterness of soul, never having tasted anything good. 
Number three, bitterness suffocates our spirit. Proverbs 27 says this, a stone is heavy and sand is weighty. Listen to this, but the resentment caused by a fool is even heavier. It's like having a bag of sand on your chest. Bitterness depresses our spirit. It takes away our ability to breathe spiritually, to hear from God. You know, through COVID, they say people with ICU haven't been able to breathe. When they've had COVID, they've had to be put on ventilators and they haven't been able to breathe. The virus has taken away people's breath. Well, that's what bitterness does. It's like a spiritual virus that stops us being able to breathe. If our hearts are full of anger, there's no room from the Holy Spirit. You know, when we close our heart, when we get hurt, we tend to close our hearts. We close our hearts from people. And we have this funny thing that it's keeping us safe. But it's only an illusion of safety. And let me say this also. If you close your heart to people, we think that we keep our heart open to God. But we don't. The minute we close our heart to people who are made in the image of God, we also close our heart to people. And I know because I've tried to do it. I've tried to close my heart off to people and keep my heart open to God. The scripture says in 1 John, whoever claims to love God... A liar. Got it. Harboring hurt affects our health. Anytime you internalise anger, it doesn't seep out. It goes into your body and finds a resting place. You all have a stress where you carry stress, whether it's anger, headaches, stomach, whatever. It goes into our body and it's bad for our health. Jordan Peterson says this. He's a well-known psychologist. He says, resentment is the most physical, damaging emotion we can have. And he said, you'd be surprised how many people. You scratch a little bit and you find so much resentment. Job 5 says this, anger kills the fool and jealousy slays the stupid. Sometimes we're very careful about what we eat. And I think we should eat healthy food. But Rick Warren says this, the issue in your life is not what you're eating. What's eating you? Number five, holding on to hurt hurts others. Resentment is like the flu. Bitterness and anger is like the flu. It's contagious. Other people around us catch it. You see it in families all the time, don't you? You've all got that relative you don't want to ask to Christmas because when they come in, they change the whole atmosphere. One bit of person in a family can make life and family miserable. Hebrews 12, 15 says this, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. So that's kind of saying, hey, we're a family. Challenge one another. Keep each other to account. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Or another version, a person like that can ruin many of you. Bitterness in us can ruin many of us. Don't let bitterness grow up in your relationship with your spouse, with your family, with your kids, with your parents, with people in the church, with your co-workers. Let me ask you this. Do you really want to be that kind of person? Do you really want to be a person that hurts others and ruins others? 
Last one, and this has got the biggest price tag of all. The cost of holding on to hurt blocks God's forgiveness in my own life. This is the most expensive price tag. Matthew 6 says this, if you refuse, this is Jesus speaking to it, it's the word of God. If you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. He's saying this, how can you expect me to forgive you, Ros, if you're not going to forgive others? If I am unwilling to give to others what God gives me, I will stay unforgiven. Is it worth it? Is holding on to her worth that? Is holding this resentment, bitterness worth blocking God's forgiveness and spirit in my life? So the second question is this. How do I let go of hurt? How do you let go of hurt? First, give it to God and let him handle it. We come to God and we say something like this. Hey, God, I can't do it on my own. I've tried. Here is my hurt. And you never be vague then. You say, this is what happened, God. Donna Paulin gave me the finger as she left. (laughs) She sped out of the driveway. (laughs) God doesn't work in vague terms. And then you say how you feel. And I felt dismissed or I felt disrespected. Holy Spirit, I am giving you this hurt. Take it from me. Mark 11 says this. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. Drop it. So that your Father who is in heaven will also forgive your transgressions and wrongdoings. God says, Ros, I'm going to cut you some slack. You cut them. You cut Donna some slack. I'm going to forget about your shortcomings. You forget about her shortcomings. How much energy does it take to drop something? Drop it. All the energy I'm wasting on resentment and bitterness and anger is energy, guess what, I could be using to go into my future, to think creatively about my life, to think creatively about my marriage, to think how much I could love you, to be listening to the Holy Spirit. 1 Timothy 2.8 says this, Therefore I want people in every place to lift up holy hands, without anger and disputing or quarrelling or doubt. God says this, stop shaking your fist, Roz, your angry fist at people and at social media and at media and at politicians. How's it going for you, Roz? Is it making a difference? No, he's saying don't do that. Instead, go into the secret place, exactly what Ivan said, lift up holy hands and pray. That's going to work. Romans 12, 19 says this, Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God, for he has said that he will repay those who deserve it. Who's got a bigger weaponry, you or God? You weren't created for revenge. You've got this beautiful, tender, soft heart. And you weren't created to imagine how to to carry bitterness and anger and resentment and revenge. It will crush that beautiful soft heart. He 
will avenge. He promises. He says he will not be mocked. Justice will be done. Leave it to him. He will do it slowly and steadily, but he will do it. The next one is this. Number two, heal our heart with grace. Often the person that has hurt you, why are they hurting you? Because they've been hurt. Hurt people hurt people. Healed people heal people. So according to your response, you are either going to hurt people or you're going to heal people. Ephesians 4 says this, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another just as God has forgiven you because you belong to Christ. He is your source. The reality is that you and I will never have to forgive anyone more than God has forgiven you. Don't treat others as they treat you. Treat others as Christ treats you. I've got that phrase in bold print in my office because I need to, I know you wouldn't think, Bronnie, but I need to read that nearly every day. This is what I do. I take my hurt. I don't build, don't build a fortress around your hurt. Sometimes people build a fortress and it becomes their identity, who they are. Don't build a fortress around your hurt. You go to God and you let him into that room and you tell him the hurt and you let him come and stand in your shoes. You might never, never had a parent that validated your pain. Every parent needs to validate their child's pain. God is a father who comes and stands with you. Before he starts correcting or wanting to fix you, he stands in your shoes and the pain you feel, he feels with you. You have a Holy Spirit, a companion that comes and feels that pain. And he stands with you, he feels the pain, he acknowledges it, he validates it, and then he gives you grace. He pours grace into your heart. You are loved, and when love starts to flow, you can heal and you can forgive and you start to dream again. Because healed people dream again. I want you to all stand and the muse has to come. Musos are just going to play softly, fresh wind. I just want the wind of the Holy Spirit to blow through this place. You know, when I was preparing this message last week, I went out, I had to go for a walk because this message was disturbing me and... I just had to go out on the wind-swept headland and process some stuff. And I cupped my hand with a hurt and I gave it to God. So this is what I want you to do as the musos start to pray. I'm going to ask you to do a brave thing. If this morning you want to hand over some hurt, I want you to come out the front. You need to socially distance. I'm going to lead you in a prayer that I believe you're going to pass that hurt on to God and the Holy Spirit's going to come and breathe. The rest of us are going to do to stand there and, I don't know, be in faith. <laughs> if that's you, as they start to sing, I want you to come and stand at the front with me. Here they come.
Otherwise, if you don't come, Jess, I'll have to sing, which would be very awkward. As they sing, I want you to come. Can you go into a chorus, Jess? in your own God time I want you to in your heart tell him you're hurt in your heart be really specific tell him the hurt and then cup your hands know that he loves you and that he can handle this hurt and I want you to give it to him Father We can't do this on our own. Our hearts are too fragile. But you love it when we come to you and say we can't do it because your power is made perfect in our weakness. And right now we depend on you. This stuff hurts so much. Someone is standing here this morning and it hurt so, so deeply. So, so deeply. And God gets it. He understands. So we take that deep hurt, Father, and we give it to you because you can handle it. Father, we will not avenge. We will not have resentment or bitterness or so. We give you that anger. We let it go. We carried it for too long. Father, we've carried it for too long. We drop it. We drop it. Holy Spirit, come and blow. Holy Spirit, come into our heart. Fill us with your love. Fill us with freshness. Fill us with your spirit, God. Brand new. Brand new. Just like a baby's brand new. Give them brand new. Brand new. Brand new. Holy Spirit is doing something. He's saying brand new and you need to hold on to that promise. Brand, brand, brand new. Fresh, fresh today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know, while we're here, if anyone this morning would like to invite Christ into your life, this is a great morning to invite Christ into your life. You open up your heart and say, Prince of Peace, come into my life. And you exchange anger for peace. Bitterness for love, for grace. 
So I'm going to pray this prayer. And you can pray along with me if that's you. Lord Jesus, I ask you into my life. I open up my heart. I ask you into my life. Come into my life, Lord Jesus. I need you. Forgive me all from all my stuff-ups and for all my mistakes. Walk with me, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you prayed that prayer and you're online, you can text this number to the church and we'll be in contact with you. And if you prayed that prayer out there, I would love to talk to you. Love you, church. We dropped a hurt. How good is that? <laughs> well, let me tell you, next week you'll probably have to do it again. Um, thanks, Craig. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.